0: Folks, it's another episode of Reliving the Lights. I'm your host Josh Kuipers. Hey, I'm your other host Anthony Hookman, and we're here to talk about season three, episode five this week. Anthony, I got to ask you: you have a University of Okaboji shirt on. Uh, yeah. You definitely did not go to a University of Okaboji. Ah, uh, uh, is that an actual unit? <laughs> well, what you learned something a little something in your time at Okaboji, or did I, you actually I, take some classes?
1: Well, depends on what you consider. <laughs> I so the, the, there is no actual, it's a fictional university. Okay. Um, yes. but the idea is that, uh, you know, you go and you fail on purpose so you can repeat the semester. <laughs> and so I did fail on purpose and I intended to repeat the semester the following summer, but my, my situation didn't quite work out. I tried twice to, to try to go back and it just couldn't quite make it work. Um, <sighs> But uh, no, I spent uh, one of the best summers of my life uh, at the University of Okoboji. Um, I learned some real life lessons, <laughs> yeah, a lot of real life lessons, and uh, uh-huh. I, I learned a lot there. I still consider it an alma mater of mine. <laughs> so. uh,
0: what would you say that you majored in at the University of Okoboji?
1: Uh <laughs> I mean you know the the classic answer right is um I don't know if you are familiar with this quote but um Tom Brokaw when he went to USD he famously said that he majored in beer and coeds. <laughs> and, um I think that may have been my That's ring, uh,
0: true for you. Yeah, my major
1: at of- at the university. That's actually might be the only major that they offer. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there. It's a specialty school. For yeah. Sure. Well, nice. Well, you you got a good T-shirt out of the deal. I do like yeah. that. Got so. a few. I probably own more <laughs> or as much
1: University of Okaboji merch as I do SDSU merch, which is sad. <laughs> but I am starting to. Um, I now have three SDSU shirts that are of the old logo that was like the Bugs Bunny ripoff. Oh yeah. And so I've been really, really trying to, anytime I find one of those in my size, I always pick them up because those are getting more and more rare. So
0: <laughs> nice. All right. University of Okoboji. Um Yeah. Uh, congrats on your degree from there. No, you didn't get a degree. I didn't
1: get a degree. I failed on purpose and yeah, I intended to repeat the semester, but didn't quite make it work. So I didn't get a degree, but I probably, I gained a lot of, knowledge and life lessons and i learned a lot there
0: yeah you don't have the piece of paper to show it but Mm -hmm. you still got a good education
1: i don't i don't hold anything against them for for failing me yeah yeah
0: well good deal uh we mentioned the wayne grow look a couple weeks ago and the way you were sitting just now with the top of Uh, your head cut off really made it look like wayne grow because then it's like (laughs) it kind of looks like you're even balding on top like wayne grow Oh shit, come on. There
2: we go. Yeah. So
1: well I'm, I am balding more than I look like, I assure you. I'm sure if I get down <laughs> to right here is oh yeah. yeah well it's, I well, don't have don't much do, time left with it. Just yeah. don't do that. <laughs> don't let anybody see people. me from that angle. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so. yeah. All right. Well, um, what are you drinking? at this point yeah in the evening.
1: so well as we mentioned the last episode we are doing a back-to-back a double header mm-hmm. um so i'm finishing up a vodka water with mio but um for probably the remainder of this episode i do have uh, a couple of just classic yes. miller lights i feel um, like
0: miller light is the underrated cheap beer
1: i'll say um this if i'm drinking a light beer of the big yeah, miller bud uh Coors Bush, yep. uh, whatever else, it's gonna be Miller. I, I, Miller's, if I have to drink a light beer, which I should be because I'm trying to diet more, um, <laughs> it's gonna be Miller, yeah. No, I, we, um, I know we kind of talked last episode about normalizing and things starting to come back to normal. We had my aunt and uncle and my cousin uh-huh. uh, come over because they live here in Sioux Falls, oh, yeah. and so, um, had them over for dinner. I made a nice uh, I know, Josh. You've had my jambalaya before. Yes,
0: and I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> it's fantastic, folks.
1: Uh, I didn't uh, spend any time in Louisiana, and I don't speak any French like Cash. <laughs> but I, I do have a pretty solid jambalaya recipe, so I made that. It was very, yeah, pleased, pleased everyone. And and I, my uncle is a big Miller Light guy, so I bought a twelve oh, pack yeah. of Miller Light for him. And, nice. and now I'm just, yeah, just taking up space in the fridge. So. <sighs>
0: Didn't you get that uh, jambalaya recipe of like GQ magazine or Esquire or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like February, 2011 Esquire magazine. (laughs) I still like every time that I, um, because I still don't have it memorized, even though I've cooked it, I probably cook it two or three times a year. I just Google Esquire jambalaya. (laughs) So you'll, (laughs) if you Google Esquire jambalaya, you'll find my recipe. Um, (laughs) But it's, I mean, I put, I put a couple of small tweaks into it. Um, out of my own, just like for my own convenience, but yeah, it's uh, it's a great recipe. Highly recommend.
0: It's good stuff. I don't know why I started doing this, but with Miller lights, I always, I'll, I, I don't drink Miller lights out of the can. Usually I'll usually pour it into a glass and then for whatever reason I will put like a dash of salt into it. I don't know why. I just think Miller light tastes really good with a little the bit salt. of extra salt. So Might have
1: to give that a shot. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: recommend it if you crack that baby open a little later. Yeah. Uh, Over here, I have a different Goose Island IPA. Last week, I was drinking (laughs) over here on the table. (laughs) Uh, The Next Coast IPA, this is just your standard Goose Island IPA. So Mm -hmm. it's a little, I would say the last one was probably more of a hazy, citrusy, Type flavor. This is just your more straight up IPA. It's good. If I finish this, uh, I better switch to the. I've got some Michelob Light Ultras or whatever in the fridge. I'll probably <laughs> switch over to that so I get the two point five carbs. Yep. Uh, and like ninety calories. So, all right, that's what we're drinking. Uh, that's where Anthony went to school for one summer, <laughs> and I think we can get on to our episode for the week. Yeah. Season three, episode five. This episode is entitled Every Rose Has Its Thorn. It aired October 29 of 2008. Movie dude one. See you around. Oh,
1: you know it. This one's a mess. I read it (laughs) um, as we were preparing to start to record So, Oh, yikes. Here we go. Jason and Tim come up with an idea that will hopefully get them out of their financial woes. But Buddy stands in the way. Mm Mm-hmm. Tyra's budding romance continues to bloom while Julie shows signs of rebellion. Coach Taylor's new idea to his quarterback situation only ends up in disarray and pressure from his coaching staff. So you know what? That wasn't as bad as I thought it was. The first sentence is a mess.
0: Jason and Tim come up with an idea that will, comma, hopefully, comma, get them out of their financial woes, comma, but Buddy stands in the way. It's not great. Not the worst run-on sentence he's ever had. he could have maybe thrown a a dash
1: in there in place of one of those commas or something. Over...
0: I mean, he doesn't... Okay.
1: Or even like if you just put hopefully in parentheses instead of making two commas out of that. Right.
0: Yeah. Setting that off completely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that he doesn't seem to have a theme uh, I've gotten really accustomed right. to the movie dude one Same. theme. The Just other issue the that I that I do have is that he puts
1: signs in signs of rebellion in quotes. Or not even like he puts single, between apostrophes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is not why the right like I've so I follow a subreddit called Suspicious Quotes. <laughs> that and sounds
0: awesome.
1: Um it's great. I've I've posted in there a few times. Actually I've I didn't post because I didn't want to get doxxed the the plat sign that's it says like experience plat South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is not how you use quotation marks. Where's um, that? That's um like six miles east of town. Okay. Um so like just past like Jubert Road and yep. DC. Yep. Um it's actually the road that I used to live on when I lived out in the country for like a year. Oh yeah. So right on Highway 44, it's like a mile west of the Seven Mile Pile, so six yep. miles east.
0: <laughs> I had already done the math when you said yeah, six but- miles. <laughs> to- oh yeah, a mile a- from the Seven <laughs> Mile Pile.
1: <laughs> I realized that the Seven Mile Pile was there. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, that's it. Yep. Um, and then that like I did post there once because there was a sign at Booms one of the last times I went there oh, that was oh like, our God. fries are lightly seasoned with, uh, our fries are light lightly seasoned with sea salt <laughs> it's like <laughs> why that's a
0: very suspicious uh like is it not actually sea salt or are you yeah, it's actually like sidewalk salt but <laughs> <Right?
1: laughs> <laughs> that's a suspicious quote is yeah him putting signs signs in,
0: in yeah uh overall though like he's not kept to one idea per sentence basically
1: yeah, I'm willing you know, to give it like a, a like a seven
0: and a half. I think it's a seven. Yeah, at yeah. least. Let's go with seven. I, yeah. I, I'm good with yeah. seven. Uh, it might have been an eight if you would have had a coherent theme, but yeah, we've come to expect it, movie dude one. Yeah. All right, so this episode opens up uh, with a football game. Yeah, we're, game time from the get-go. We're through bye week, and Coach Taylor's double quarterback experiment is not going well.
1: Not at all. Yeah, there. There's a lot of confusion. Um, a lot of delay of game. Yeah. Nobody really them. knows what
0: they're supposed to be because they're running two different sets. Right mm-hmm. when uh, when Matt is on the field, they're running the eye. When JD is on the field, they're running the spread. Um. The crowd is pissed. Everybody's mad. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's interesting. Like we only see the scoreboard twice in this
1: entire. Um, scene of the game the first time we see it the Panthers are down seven to zero yeah and then the Panthers heat up JD starts heating up especially specifically the next time we see (laughs) the scoreboard like we just kind of see like a few random plays here and there the next time we see the scoreboard the Panthers are down 39 to 36 oh my goodness yeah and it's like there's like 20 seconds left or something yeah and JD gets a pass to Tim Riggins, I think, gets him inside the five, and then coach says, "Matt, you're in. Yep. complete this." Gets a uh, little fake handoff, yeah, uh, and not—I wouldn't call it a QB sneak, but it definitely,
0: yeah, it was like a play-action handoff and then like a quarterback rollout, and yeah, yeah, he he kind of bootlegged it. Um, mm-hmm. And really, coaches' whole thing of confusing the defense works because they're Ooh. trying to make substitutions. Be like, "Oh crap, Saracen is in." They're switching to the eye, and then they can't get set in time. And
1: yep, yeah, yep. they're really struggling. So yeah, uh, Matt runs in the ball himself uh, for a last few seconds touchdown. The game mm-hmm. is over, but. Uh, The Panthers are celebrating, but they are specifically celebrating J.D. McCoy. Yep, yep. He's still
0: the hero, even though Matt had the winning play. The fans like storm the field for this regular season game. (laughs) Uh, But at yeah, as all that is happening, Matt walks away dejectedly. You yeah you you caught glimpses of the scoreboard that I didn't because I was actually really confused because I assumed the game was like. 14 to 15 or something. Right. And they were like the announcer was calling it like a, a big shootout or whatever. So, like, yeah. Yeah. It he does like,
1: say <laughs> shootout. Well, and that's like it's weird because I didn't catch the like quarter or how much time was left in the quarter uh when it was seven to zero. But I was uh. like, oh, they're only winning by one touchdown. Like this isn't like
0: Yeah, they're not messing
1: up that bad. Like, (laughs) right. You know, everybody's acting like it's a big whatever. And then, literally, the next time that we see the scoreboard, it's 39 to 36 with like 30 seconds left.
0: Yep. So, this could have been really bad for coach had they not won. Yes. Um, It
1: would be two losses in a row after last week's or two
0: two weeks weeks ago ago. loss. Yep. They won, but and Matt scored the winning touchdown. But it was not a win for Matt Saracen. JD, this was JD's breakout game for sure. Back at the Taylor household, I don't know what day this is, uh, because I'm assuming it's not after the football game because right. they're making supper. But uh, they're yeah, they're making they're making dinner, and uh, Tammy notices Julie's <laughs> got a little something on her ankle. Like, oh, you've been drawing on yourself with pens. Yeah, uh, this is, I got to say, this is
1: got to be, I think, like a defining scene of like what I don't like about Julie Taylor is that she just like approaches these situations uh, yeah.
0: Man, it where she's
1: like, yes, yeah, a tattoo. And Tammy still like knowing, like she knows where this is going to go. She knows exactly where this is going to go. <laughs> uh-huh. Like Tammy does the like, oh, a temporary tattoo. Aren't you a little old for that kind of thing? Like, you know, like she knows yeah. she's going to face these questions. And then, of course, comes to find out that she got this uh, real tattoo um, with her. She had just gotten her paycheck from Applebee's and <laughs> was walking home by the tattoo parlor, I guess. I guess. And was with Tyra and Tyra encouraged her to get a tattoo. And so she got like a tiny tattoo on her ankle. Um. And who knows how long that she's had it. Like, I mean, you and I both have tattoos. Yeah, Those first couple of weeks are like a bit of a chore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they hurt and you got to be taking good care of it and stuff like that. And yeah, so it is... You are. I'm with you. It is so annoying how Julie's like, just like, yes. oh, it's well, it's no big deal. It's just a tattoo, is it? Like, mm-hmm. no, you know it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, you, you know your you know who your parents are, and and <laughs> trying to play it off like it's not a big deal is not it a good worse. strategy. No, it makes That's, it so much worse. It's not good for anyone. Like, if. I think your best strategy, if you don't want to deal with it, is to keep your freaking ankle hid, you know, like, or put the tattoo where your parents won't see it.
1: Yes. Wear full pants for like another two
0: years. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Or
1: do as much as you can, like wear long socks or whatever. Like when you know your parents are going to be around, but this, and this is the thing with Julie and I understand it because I've been not necessarily in that same situation, Yeah. but like definitely like, I think what she was doing, she wanted them to notice. She wanted that confrontation Mm. in in some level of her.
0: Yes. Yeah, you're probably right.
1: I know. I've been there. I've done things that are like passive aggressively confrontational Uh expecting exactly that. And I think that's what Julie is doing. I think if she really if she knows her parents, which she obviously does, she's not just wearing shorts with no socks around the house. Yeah. Like she's not there's she's waiting for that to be noticed.
0: (sighs) Julie sucks. (laughs) Just yeah, that was annoying. Um, And yes, obviously Tammy and coach are freaking out about it. Uh, Tammy is mostly worried or like upset that Julie has marred her beautiful body. Coach is more pissed that she wasted her money. Yeah. Yeah. This is what you spend your money on. Uh, and then Julie, uh, again, purposely provoking her parents says Tyra said you'd get all upset about it. Um, which you know, that's going to set them off. Yeah. Right. Like, and once again, that's
1: just another, yeah, like you said, knowingly, um, confrontational tactic. And it's just like another way for her to like use Tyra as her own bad influence who like, we've seen Tyra kind of like come around. Um, and we know that, or we find out in this episode, at least that Tammy is concerned about her relationship with an adult man. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's clearly, like, another way to drive a wedge between Tammy and Tyra's relationship, which we've seen really build over the last, like, yeah. season and a half.
0: Yeah, I actually did think that it was pretty good writing the way that these stories, like, were very independent from each other, but overlapped and influenced yeah. each other in a good way. Mm-hmm. And not I didn't feel like in a forced way either. I just thought, yeah, that was pretty good. That yeah. Tyra's kind of going off. Uh, off course a little bit in one area of life and then Tammy's already sensitive to it because of this other area mm-hmm. so I thought that was pretty good yeah. writing uh, meanwhile
1: uh, Street is throwing out Herc's porn again
0: <laughs> he's not done with that one <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, Herc assures him that you don't need to hide porn from the baby uh, for one thing they love boobs, and they just went through a big trip uh, yeah. through the other uh, <laughs> genital area. Yeah,
1: they also so. love those. So,
0: <laughs> so um, they, the baby's not going to have a problem with it. But yeah,
1: yeah, definitely a questionable. Um, honestly, kind of a questionable logic by both of them, um, <laughs> because Street. I mean, Herc is right in a sense that like Street probably doesn't. It's not like. The kid is not old enough to understand what's going on yeah. in those magazines and clearly like isn't even mobile yet so like can't even <laughs> can't, like if they're just like put in a high them area them. yeah but at the same time I think that um street has already kind of got those fatherly instincts and is like listen like I don't want that to be around even at this stage so it's a, yeah.
0: they, they both make both good and bad points. <laughs> And I got to assume that part of Streets motivation is that he is trying to uh, impress Aaron, you know, into thinking that he's got his life together. And yeah, porn magazines just sitting around the house probably isn't going to be too impressive to your baby's mother that you're trying to uh, gain to your side. So, (laughs) but yeah. So is this the first time that we learn that street actually has a kid yes this is the first time that this is acknowledged
1: i have in the back of my mind when not taking notes and not recording like just in the middle of the week i've been like oh crap we need to talk about santiago who's just gone 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 not a thing um and i in in the back of my mind i was like we need to talk about freaking streets pregnancy which now is finally like i think the writers were like okay there's we have to do something about this
0: <laughs> right yeah which uh i did not remember that aspect of things but it i obviously remember the whole uh flipping houses storyline so that yeah, does same. make sense that he was motivated more yeah. motivated to do that because and of the baby situation in
1: my memory and we'll get to the house flipping thing too shortly but in my memory it was just the riggins brothers that were flipping houses so i didn't even remember that jason street was yeah, in on yeah. that yeah, yeah. um but, but yeah. Uh, Aaron shows up with the baby. Street asks Aaron if the sl- the kid can sleep over because she's working late. Mm-hmm. Um, also asks her to move in. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. forward. She is in a place in her life where she's not ready to commit to anything long term because she is a server in Dillon, Texas, right. and we find out later in the episode that she's and i don't know if this has been mentioned before that she's from the east coast like why the hell did you move to dillon texas
0: i well i at first i thought east coast too but then she just said back east so i i wondered mm. if that meant like I didn't east think about texas that, yeah. like houston. but even then
1: why is she in? why is she in dillon instead of houston yeah right <laughs> like why <laughs> did she move to dillon to be a server that doesn't make any sense
0: maybe she went to dillon tech <laughs> She she moved from Houston to go to Dylan Tech. Maybe with
1: the like the football, um, like being such an insane thing that like being a server is really lucrative. Kind of like how I moved to Okaboji for a summer. Sure. Maybe she just moves to Dylan in the fall
0: uh, to be a server there <laughs> because season, the, yeah. the, the
1: the the traffic is really
0: high. <laughs> yeah, I don't don't know why, but she is not from Dylan. Yeah, the uh, money is obviously a concern for both of them with raising a child. Street promises her, "I'll I'll find a way to make more money." Car sales suck right now, but I'll find a way to make more money. When did the When did every the financial crisis happen in two thousand eight?
1: It was the summer. I remember I was working at okay. Snake Creek, like when like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac like had their big uh-huh. whatever. I remember Deb Viering talking about it during uh-huh. our lunch break one day. So yeah. it was, you know. Summer of two thousand eight for sure.
0: Yeah i I was just wondering if maybe that was like a pop culture, not really even a pop culture reference, but a, a reference to what was going on. Yeah, that just car a regular sales would, culture yeah, reference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that car sales would suck in the fall of two thousand eight.
1: Yeah, for so. sure. Yeah, and it was definitely. I mean, I remember that summer. That that was the summer that gas got up to like over four dollars a gallon in South yeah. Dakota, which was.
0: Extremely high. That was the summer that I was in Alaska and gas was like $8 a gallon. I remembered the craziest thing that summer for me in Alaska was that Doritos cost $7 a bag. (laughs) Honestly,
1: if you would have asked me what the thing that stood out to me the most. About your trip to Alaska, it was the <laughs> freaking Doritos prices. I remember you specifically talking about Doritos prices. If you ask me uh, it's funny. what's the most ridiculous like price thing, I would be like, dude, I, I remember hearing that Doritos cost a lot. Like straight up, I think about that a lot. So and, and Angie's brother lived out in Anchorage for a long time. And so oh, yeah. Um, we never got out to visit him. She's still got other family in Alaska. So we do intend to get out there, You're um, hopefully sure. within the next couple of years. Um, our plan was summer 2020 and that oh, obviously yeah. didn't work out, but that didn't we, happen. we hope to get out there soon. Um, cause I have always had a real fascination with Alaska. Um, so yeah, am, I'm excited to get out there. Eventually. It's a,
0: it's a wild place. You, you got a lot of, a lot of unique people running around up there that was besides the Doritos that's what stuck out to me the most
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's well and Angie told me that like they apparently have like the best rummage sales in the United States in Alaska because it's a lot of people that are there like seasonally um, or like move there for like not necessarily, they're there seasonally, like every summer or every winter or whatever, but they move there for short amounts of time and they're like oh, yeah. super rich. And they're like, we don't want to move all this crap back to uh-huh. the lower 48. So we, yeah, they have a Just bunch of a, apparently really good. um Yeah, Rummer Seals there. So nice. Yeah, we got to get, I got to get up there. I've been wanting to be there ever since I first read Into the Wild, uh, yeah, like sure. two two summers before the movie came out. I, uh-huh. Um, have been wanting to get up there, so I, I got to do
0: it. Highly recommended. One of my favorite places I've ever been to for sure. Oh. All right, so buddy, this, this next scene was very confusing for me, and I figured it out by the end. But I was so Tim and Lila are helping Buddy. I didn't realize that it was Buddy's house.
1: Right. I thought they were well, helping
0: him, like in with his new real estate business or something.
1: Well, and I realized it was how. But when did he, when did he get the house back? Because Pammy was living in there the last that we knew
0: yeah well didn't I think we did know that she moved out to the west coast we know that she
1: moved but why did that become buddy's property again suddenly? Yeah, yeah like to me it suggested that she, he lost the house on the divorce or something right yeah but,
0: maybe maybe they worked that out no I was legitimately confused because I thought buddy was just like that buddy was selling houses now because mm-hmm. he was on the phone, like sounding like a salesman yeah. on the phone, so I thought Buddy had was either doing real estate on the side of his used car business or had fully transitioned to <laughs> being a real estate agent. But not the case. Selling the Garrity household now that Pammy is out of the picture. Yeah, um, he's pissed
1: that his house won't sell.
0: Yep. Uh, um,
1: as he's on the, phone with with the- Missy. This is real estate agent. Yes.
0: yes. Uh, he gives Missy the line, when all the scared rats are leaving a sinking market, that's when a real entrepreneur steps up. A true visionary. <laughs> and uh, you see Tim listening. Light bulb goes comments. off. Yep. <laughs> he, he hears that.
1: Really makes you wonder what could have happened if uh, if Tim Riggins went into sales.
0: <laughs> I feel like he... I, it, well, all he needed was that one line. Apparently, is what Because <laughs> yeah, this episode it convinces two more
1: people during this uh, episode, <laughs> yeah. or at least two more people. So yeah, uh,
0: the coaches are arguing in the coaches' room um, about the quarterback situation, and Mac McGill gets a little pissy with Coach about just you just got to go with J.D. McCoy. You know, uh, I he understands the Matt Saracen situation. And who Matt Saracen is, and what it'll do to him. But he basically just says, "You just you got to tell him the truth. You got to go with JD, and you got to tell him the truth, Eric." So we're maybe at a crossroads here, finally, where coach's hand is going to be forced.
1: Back at Street and Herc's place, they are discussing ways to make money. Uh, Street is pretty concerned. Because he really wants to make things work with Aaron, he wants to be Mm -hmm. a dad. He wants to provide for his child and his estranged baby's mama. Um, And Tim is on laying on the couch having a beer. We got the beer tally right off the bat. Yep. Um, and he says, "Well, you can always sell, but always flip Buddy Garrity's house."
0: (laughs) Just throws that in there. Yeah
1: the and street are kind of like, what are you talking about? So Tim kind of explains him and Billy have a little bit of a nest egg with the, uh, their copper wire and they could flip the house. And he tells them it's when all the scared rats start running away from the sinking market that the true entrepreneurs come in the true visionaries. <laughs> and, Those are the magic words because Herc and Street are in. They're
0: in. Yeah. Herc has the line. He looks at Jason and says, well, I am good with design. You know this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I want to point out that Street and Herc, as the scene opens, we're trying to come up with an invention To make money. (laughs) Like we just got to think of something that nobody's thought of before that people need. Why, what, what is it about post-it notes that are always like what people use when they're talking about that? Like, I feel like that's a common trope or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's, I guess something of a miracle invention. I don't use post-its now as much as I did. Like when I worked in an office, but I mean, it is, I think it's an important invention. I think it's something that changed the way that we do things more than people probably realize. I think, I mean, they've been around to my knowledge for my entire life, um, or at least for sure, my like adolescent and adult life. So, um, I think maybe it's, it's something that you like people of our age, maybe don't appreciate as much because they've always been around, but
0: I feel like maybe there's also like some story of like a, I feel like I've heard a story of, like, a lower-level person, like, at 3M coming up with the idea, like, thinking I, of it. And- I
1: do know that they were invented at 3M because of Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. Because <laughs> um, that's their, like, their backup story is that oh, they invented right. post-it notes. Yeah. And, um, like, one of their high school classmates is like, no, you didn't. I went to college with uh, this guy who worked at 3M that actually invented post-it notes.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at... There's an a whole section of the 3M Post-it website that is the history of the invention of Post-it wow. notes. I'm not going to take the time to read it right now because it is fairly <laughs> extensive. I'm still scrolling and scrolling. So, anyway, they are going to do it. They're going to go in. They're going to buy buddy's house. They're going to flip that sucker because Tim overheard buddy saying that it was worth 250,000, but he'd yep. take two. He's selling for it, it for.
1: Yeah, he's selling it for a song.
0: He just he just wants to get rid of it. Uh <laughs> but yeah, Riggin's offers the the copper wire money.
1: And honestly, I so I'm not a homeowner, but I do know that living in Sioux Falls right now, like the housing market is ridiculous. Yeah, can't. Um be. Yeah. And I, I think it's so. partially because people are moving here because of political reasons that I won't get into.
0: <laughs> are you sure you don't want to?
1: Uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. But and I and you know supply is low, demand is high. Um I mean Sioux Falls has been growing as it is like over the, the last, last like years, yeah, yeah, 20 30 years. So um I think that has a hand in it as well, but like, I know it's basically impossible to get a house in Sioux Falls for like under two hundred thousand dollars right now, which yes. is insane. This so is I I wonder like I mean Dylan is supposed to be as we've come to figure out roughly fifty to seventy thousand people I think is what we've determined is Dylan's size. So yeah, I mean considerably smaller than a Sioux Falls. Um, I don't know what a house would go for in like in in aberdeen south dakota or like that size town Uh, or like rabbit city i know it's blowing up right now too but
0: i feel like that house in uh in sioux center where i live would be pretty close maybe a little underpriced um okay but this is but i mean it is a big house it's it's yeah. Buddy Garrity's
1: house, of course. So, and that's what maybe, yeah. Obviously, a lot has changed in the last thirteen
0: years, but yeah. But regardless, pretty big investment for yes. uh this particular cast of this clown car of idiots, as Buddy <laughs> refers to them later. Yeah, puts it later. Uh, so, bit, pretty big commitment for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach goes over to the Saracen household to break the bad news about the quarterback position to Matt. He kind of starts having a heart to heart with him to really get even into like it. the music is really like dramatic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then oh, Grandma Saracen pulls up; she's home. Lorraine's home, and, and she, she is starts in on psyched. It. <laughs> she is psyched to see Coach Eric Taylor. There's nothing that woman loves more. And fixing Eric Taylor a sandwich—that's <laughs> <laughs> all she wants to do. Um, so she, yeah, she makes a big deal out of it, and she goes inside to. Uh, Coach assures her over and over again that he's already eaten, but she still is going to fix him just a little mm-hmm. something. Just he can take it home. Uh, and while she's in, Coach basically like, "I'm getting the <laughs> heck out of here." before she comes back, tell your grandma thanks. Um, so they don't really get that heart-to-heart moment, mm-hmm. and. Matt is sad.
1: Yeah, it doesn't take the news well. No. It's a weird little scene where Landry and Matt are pulling in to school. Landry is blasting power ballads. (laughs) Um, I tried three times, rewound, tried to Shazam the song that he was listening to his card. Shazam did not recognize it.
0: Shoot. Maybe it's a Crucifixorious original.
1: That's exactly what Angie said. Angie was like, I bet it's
0: <laughs> maybe Landry's <laughs> band, so I don't know. Um they, they they are not afraid to cross the boundaries of genre uh with Crucifictorious mm-hmm. over the seasons. So maybe they're a power ballad uh a power ballad season. so, so yeah, Matt's kind of telling them how cliche that is and stuff. But as they pull up, they see JD out there being popular Yep, uh, surrounded by his adoring fans. Yep. And then they see uh, out the other side of the car. They see Tyra being uh, promiscuous with cash in his vehicle getting dropped off at school.
1: Yeah. They're both. It's a collectively bummed car
0: (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Yes. This particular clown car is uh, (laughs) full of uh, sad sacks. We see Tyra in Tammy's office. Tammy is calling her out for starting to slip with her schoolwork and yeah. whatnot. She was on a good track last year, but now she's things are really falling apart.
1: Yeah. Just like two episodes ago, she was really concerned with uh, getting uh, like a 3.5 GPA or oh, trying to yeah. get her GPA up. And now she's not caring again. Uh, she got a C plus on her history exam. Um, she basically is just like, well, it happens. Yep. Um, very casual about it. Tammy says, who's the guy in the pickup that's taking his school every day? What's mm-hmm. his deal? This is really sketchy. He is Billy Riggins' age. You are a teenager. Yeah. This is a slippery slope. You exactly. should not be involved with a dude who is clearly well into his 20s. It's very creepy and weird.
0: Mm-hmm. A one-way ticket to nowhere is what she says that mm-hmm. is. Uh, obviously, well, I don't know if it's here, but Tyre's pretty defensive about the situation.
1: Yeah, yeah th- there's a follow-up scene later on that That's I right. want to for sure get into.
0: Yeah. Uh, Before that, Herc Street and Riggins are pitching the investment opportunity to Billy. So I should say Tim Riggins are pitching yes. the investment opportunity to Billy Riggins. Billy is there
1: uh, eating Cheetos or something. Just kind of just chomping. I mean, he doesn't he's, seem he's to be in. He doesn't seem to be all that invested in what they're trying to sell. He his mind seems to be elsewhere. Not at the beginning, anyway. Until
0: yeah. Tim until breaks Tim out. The, it. Yeah, the golden line. The rats fleeing the sinking market. And at that point, all in. Billy is. Billy all says, in. "I'm a visionary." <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, is he ever so? Uh, it's a go. The looks like the plan is gonna continue on. We see Tyra and Cash there at the diner. They're talking about homework and stuff, and uh, kind of Tyra's interaction with Tammy earlier on. Yeah, um, he kind of talks his way around the situation and lays some lines on her to kind of, yeah, you know, this
1: Cash is a predator. He really is
0: there's no other word for him. He's he also just still right. yeah. Still taking his cowboy candy pills. Yeah, popping those pills. Uh says, "You ever fall off a horse?" Uh I only take them when it hurts and it hurts a lot. And for whatever reason, Tyra is thinks that's a great line and is attracted yeah. to him in that moment. Uh, which is the second occurrence of Tyra thinking weird things are attractive. What was the first one? Was that last episode or this episode where I said that? Um,
1: I don't remember. Oh, it was the crawfish thing, right? Last episode. Yeah. She's
0: like, <laughs> or the or speaking the, French speaking and being in Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, she, so yeah, she laughs. They kiss. Uh, things are continuing down that path. Yeah. Coach and Tammy are laying in bed talking through the Julie tattoo situation and her relationship with Tyra. Tammy's afraid that Tyra is going to pull Julie down into her lifestyle.
1: Yeah, she's once again concerned about Tyra's bad influence and the, the slippery slope. But Street comes shows up at Aaron's place to help with the baby. Um, She's kind of struggling and she knows that he has a way with the baby. Mm -hmm. So he comes over, helps her out. Um, He tells her that things are looking up financially.
0: Yep. Uh, He's got a plan. (laughs) So part of that plan is Billy and Tim selling the copper wire. That's what we see next. Yeah. Turns out Billy lined up a deal with freaking
1: guy. Bad news, man.
0: Billy. you How would moron. you?
1: Yeah. Why would you ever get involved with guy ever again?
0: You, you already got chased out of his house with guns and stuff. Right. And you were literally lucky to be alive after
1: interacting with this person. <sighs> like on numerous occasions.
0: Moron. Yeah. Uh so they meet out at the gravel pits. Yeah. Tim is obviously not happy for good as soon reason. as as soon as he sees
1: Guy, he's oh, like, geez. Are you kidding me? Guy lowballs him on the pro- well, yeah, the babe. guy, the guy the guy is with lowballs him at ten thousand dollars, as we find out is a lowball offer. Oh, guy nice. then even pulls that, he's like, Finder's fee, two thousand dollars, give him eight. I'll yeah. take the two thousand dollars off the top. Yep. and they get $8,000. This is obviously not the deal that they're looking for. Billy, he calls Billy a dumbass. Billy <laughs> and mentions Mindy's lap dancing That's skills. That's where it really took off.
0: Billy got Billy got upset about the dumbass thing. Uh, and then once, yeah, guy comments on Billy uh, Mindy's excellent VIP dances. Um, that's where things really go bad. Billy throws a punch. The Riggins boys hop in the truck, take off, and they're guys firing shots yeah. at him as they leave. Well, another
1: interaction guy. in which they are lucky to be alive after interacting with Guy. Yeah. Um, I think now is the time to wit- enter the witness protection program, talk to <laughs> no doubt. Talk to Coach, uh, what's his name, and <laughs> find out how to <laughs> get involved with the witness protection program. Because yeah, things are not going well. But um, back at Aaron's house, we get a little callback. I don't know if you caught this, Josh. The song that Street sings to the baby, no, is La Cucaracha. Oh, and really? do you remember when he's when he's in Mexico yeah, and he he's was doing the and, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, he's, gonna walk, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna walk up, uh. I'm
0: gonna walk
1: up. Yeah, yep. yeah, he's singing Lugu Garacha to the baby. Um, and then kind of a little tender moment where obviously he's telling the kid who doesn't understand that, um, oh, you know, I'm gonna buy a house and you know, I'm gonna make things good for you. Kind of a tender moment, and then wheels into Aaron's room, tucks her in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking like a start. Things are starting to look like a happy family. Mm hmm. Uh, the what well, I assume is the next morning. Herc and Street are at the bank for the loan meeting for the mm-hmm. house. Um, Billy and Tim are supposed to be there. They're not there. They're late. Yeah. Uh, Herc and Street are kind of trying to, you know, keep the. Uh, keep the lady on the line here, the loan officer on the line, like, no, they'll, they'll be here. Uh, <laughs> Herc says something about, like it says on my license plate holder, always late, but worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they end up getting the loan anyway, um, but the money, all the money needs to be in the bank <laughs> by tomorrow. Billy and Tim show up, and... They don't let have them it. know. Yeah, we don't. We didn't get the money. It's not exactly liquid. It's not exactly liquid. Uh, is the line, and obviously Street and Herc are pissed. But Herc, Herc might know a guy that uh, might might be willing to take it off their hands. Mm-hmm.
1: Matt's mom, uh, her car broke down, and uh, Matt walks home to find her kind of on. I mean at the saracen household but kind of on the side of the road she tells him that she there's an opening at a salon yeah and that if she takes it she would be able to help out matt kind of gives her a yeah you can do whatever you want
0: yeah whatever mine go for it the <laughs> it's a little short scene here but we got all four of the clown car idiots together, <laughs> and they're they've hooked up with Herc's guy. They're selling the wire. There's a bunch of like little funny one-liners in here that I didn't really <laughs> like write down, but it yeah. was pretty entertaining. They do end up selling the wire for twenty grand for the three spools. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so that that's how we know that guy was really really low lowballing them.
0: Yeah, because yeah. Billy was okay when he said ten thousand dollars, but he thought it was for each spool. Yeah, one spool. Yep. So he was fine with that deal. Uh, so 20000 right in there between uh, the $30,000 that they were hoping for and the $10,000 that they were offered. Um, so they got the money. We see Tyra in class. She gets a text. It's cash. It says, turn around. So she turns around, looks out the window. He's outside. She bails, uh, blows off class. They go, and he takes her to, like, a stable. a stable where a baby foal has just been born. You got a baby horse in there.
1: Yeah. And Tyra is just like, oh my God, this guy is the greatest human being that has ever lived. This like was, she is just like, this is the perfect man. This is it.
0: This was my third occurrence of, and the main occurrence I feel like, of like Tyra being attracted to cash for weird reasons. Yeah. Uh I have in my notes Tyra is moved and maybe turned on by the slimy baby horse <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's so
1: like and I mean it's very high school like that level of maturity and like what you would find and attractive and be like oh my god this is whatever but like it's just so and we'll I'll talk about it here in a, a bit with with Tyra and her interaction with Tammy uh, so I won't get too deep into it here but like it is such a like weird yeah. like I guess as a 33 year old man especially like <laughs> unrelatable moment
0: <laughs> yeah it's like Cash is playing on young women's love of horses yeah. it's, or like it's super a creepy on his moment. part Yeah. And the fact that it
1: works so effectively, it makes it so much worse.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it almost makes it worse from looking at things, looking at Cash's side of things. Like I was more like critical of Tyra's reaction, but it's almost yeah, it almost works so well that you're like, oh, Cash knew that this was gonna yeah, this this would get her weird, gross, nasty,
1: super super nasty, and don't like it and gross yeah um there is a, a music cue that I would yes. uh, mention in there um yep. while they're on this drive
0: um I wrote down music cue question mark sounds like Alexi Murdoch or iron and wine type stuff
1: I actually really thought it was Jack Johnson before I Shazam did oh. I yeah. was like this is very very much Jack Johnson vibes but it is uh Scott Matthews okay um is the artist and the song is called eyes wider than before
0: I liked it. It was nice. Yeah, it was all right. It was
1: acceptable. So, Coach and Tammy Mm -hmm. uh, have a cooled down confrontation.
0: What they hope will be. Yeah, at least (laughs) an
1: attempted cooled down conversation um, about Julie's tattoo. Turns out real quick, the coach is still
0: really bad. (laughs) He can't really handle it yet. Uh, What the hell were you thinking? Is how he starts the conversation. Uh, Tammy informs Julie that they're going to go ahead and have that tattoo removed. Julie says, it's my ankle. Let me remind you. And Tammy's response is, "Uh, actually, it's not your ankle until you're 18. Until then, it's my ankle or something along those lines.
1: Yeah. They've got a an appointment scheduled in San Antonio Yeah, to get, uh, there's a place in San Antonio that's going to remove it. And uh, to my knowledge, tattoo removal isn't just like a one-time thing. Like that, you have to yes. like do it several times over like a long amount of time to get it fully
0: removed. Yeah. At first I was like, well, maybe because it's small, but I don't think that's it. I think you have to go over it multiple times. Yeah. Like you had to do so it was and the then let it too. heal and then do it again. But I can't say that I know from experience. Same. Yeah. Uh, Missy, Buddy's real estate agent, informs Buddy that she did sell the house. And Buddy is thrilled up until Until. the point that he finds out who's buying it. He's trying to make out the signature. uh, (laughs) Let me see here. uh, (laughs) Tim Riggins. Yeah. So he's Uh, not into it anymore at this point. So Jason gets a call from Missy saying that the deal's off. Uh, this is where buddy or Missy relays to Jason that buddy said that house can rot into the ground before I sell it to that clown car of idiots, which obviously I like that line. It's like, you got the money,
1: like just bail. Like, why do you care? So he,
0: and he, and this is Jason a house t- that
1: you're trying to get rid of. Like you are, I understand that you've got like a beef with Tim Riggins, but yeah. like, this is a house that you're trying to get rid of because it's got a lot of bad memories for you. Like right. just let it go.
0: Who I cares? Tell later on when Jason is talking to buddy directly, I could maybe, maybe because Tim and Lila are together. And so he doesn't want to see Tim make a bad financial Decision I guess I could have maybe. something to do with it. I but also couldn't quite figure it out. I was trying to figure out, and that's all I could maybe come up with. But he does not want to sell the Tim Riggins for whatever reason, so the deal's off. Tyra goes to Tammy's office, opens up with "Thank you for all your all you've done for me. You've been so good to me." Yeah, uh, but seems
1: like it's going to be like a little heartfelt thank you, and that yeah. was going to be it.
0: Yep, not the case, but. Though.
1: She follows up her. Thank you for everything you've done for me, etc., with, but you're wrong about cash. He's actually a really
0: good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tyra. Hmm. Um, I think we can all he see- showed you a f-ing baby horse. <laughs> That's <laughs> In my notes, I have, she assures Tammy he's such a good guy because he showed her a slimy baby horse. (laughs) Like,
1: this guy is a drug-addicted predator who is several years older than you. He is not a good guy in any sense of the word. No.
0: No. Um, As she walks out, I noticed, did you see that she had a tattoo like down her spine? No, I did not notice that. I don't. I wonder if that was a mistake that Adrian Palicki actually has that, and it's usually covered up, or if they're just fine with showing it now because we've established that uh, she. included I bet, Julie it, I bet it was tattoo.
1: I bet it was alluding to that for sure. Yeah,
0: she had kind of like a low scoop back type thing, and you could see a mm. tattoo running up her spine. Saracen is all alone in the locker room and he starts pulling his kickboxing routine from behind the <laughs> <Applebee's. Yeah. laughs> He just started <laughs> beating up lockers, throwing stuff, yeah, going he's off, letting let out his some mind.
1: frustration.
0: Yep. Coach comes in in the middle of it and Matt kind of goes off on him a little bit. I did everything for you. I did everything you said. I helped you win a state championship. If it's because JD is better than me, just tell me that. So coach tells him that. And Matt tries to quit. Coach isn't gonna let him quit. Matt says, "Fine, I'll sit on your bench. I'll do whatever you tell me to do, but I'm gonna hate it, and you're gonna hate it too." Mm-hmm. We get a a little meeting
1: between uh, Street and Buddy, and Buddy tells Street that Tim is the reason that he won't sell the house. He doesn't. He's not exactly keen on Tim Riggins. Uh, being the father of his grandchildren or something along those lines.
0: Yeah, which again, what does that have to do with the house? I'm yeah, sure.
1: I still don't. Yeah. Um, if anything, like you've got the money and technically the house is arguably still in the family because he doesn't know their like their plans. Yeah, right. Um, so like if you, if you want to get rid of it, then you've got that. But if you want to keep it in the family, you've got the money and also the house is still in the family. Like I don't know what your deal is, buddy. Like... Aside, the only thing that, that I can, yeah, come up with is the financial decision thing. And that still doesn't
0: like make a ton of sense. So I don't know. I think he's just blinded with rage and hate for yeah. Tim Riggins. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Street, Street basically pulls the car salesman uh, technique mm-hmm. that he learned from Buddy. Um, and he appeals to Buddy's love of Panther football. He, he like recounts uh, a playoff game. He's reminding Buddy and kind of telling the story of the playoff game, and you can see Buddy in his mind just go go right there to that <laughs> yep. moment. He's loving it. He's in his happy place right there. Uh, he gets lost in the story, and yeah, basically, looks like Street has won Buddy over, convinced yep. him to sell it to him to the to that that kid who made that drive in that playoff game. Mm -hmm. Uh, that you're selling to him, not to Tim Riggins or that you're selling to him, but he needs Tim Riggins to help make it happen.
1: Uh, Surely thereafter, we've got to assume the next day or maybe even two days later, we've got the boys, Herc street and the Riggins boys. Yep. They're drinking beers. They're discussing plans (laughs) uh, for the house. They're, they're having a hard time coming to an agreement on what exactly they're going to do to the, uh, to the house. Um. Someone wants to do elevated ceilings or vaulted ceilings or whatever. Yep. Somebody else doesn't want to do that. Yeah. Everybody's is, got a plan. There's there's a lot of tension. Yeah,
0: Herc's uh, eye for design and Billy's uh, financial tightness is uh. They're coming to odds here, but it's not going well. Aaron comes in in the middle of it. And uh she and Jason go outside to talk, and Aaron basically tells him, yeah, she's moving away, she's going going back east home to her back parents. East. Yeah, that's either Boston Is that or Houston.
1: <laughs> yeah, those are the exact, exact exact two cities I was gonna
0: use: Boston <laughs> or Houston. Could be either. Uh, we're not sure. But, but that's where her
1: parents are. She says okay. you can come visit. <laughs>
0: you can come visit anytime. He's your son too, which I was kind of like, oh, wow, thanks Uh, for for permission to see my child. (laughs) Jason is obviously devastated by this, but she leaves and he tries not to let on to Tim and the guys that he's, uh, what's going on. Julie and Tammy, they're on their way to San Antonio to get the tattoo removed. They pull off at a roadside rest area or whatever. Uh, just it's not even smart. that. It's just
1: like the shoulder of the road, it seemed like. Was it a? Designated- I thought it looked
0: like there was like a drive that okay. you could pull off into. But yeah, it, it was nothing fancy. There wasn't like a shelter house or bathroom or anything. Um, but Tammy kind of opens up to Julie. tells her about how she almost dropped out of high school when she was Julie's age. So she knows what it's like to go down that road. And that's why she's worried about where Julie is headed. Tammy needs Julie to promise. She, she does it. She believes that Julie is not that person, but she needs Julie to like, say it and promise her she's not going to go down a bad road. Mm -hmm. So Julie does that. She promises. And Tammy says they can go home. Now Julie can keep the tattoo. She just needed to hear that from Julie. My takeaway from this scene, uh, is that amy teagarden has huge earlobes i noticed it too you did (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, i totally did did.
1: i i didn't say anything to angie but it was in the back of my mind i was like wow like yeah there's some angle that like it was from like what you're seeing of me right now like that was like the side of her head and yeah her earlobes were yeah massive i totally noticed
0: it too (laughs) that's funny uh i took screenshots uh that we can (laughs) examine here but that's awesome that you also noticed that but yeah just take take a look at these bad boys um, let's start with the side view here yeah, <laughs> it's, oh so big. <laughs> it's so big Uh, and then how do I get to the other one here's the straight on view you can see it yeah. too it's like her earlobes are a third of her ear mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah seriously I don't like
1: I'm gonna just quick like google image search her just to see if it like is that strong in any picture or if it was just like a weird angle thing I mean just cycling through google image searching her it's hard to even find pictures that her ears aren't covered up so I wonder if that is by design I wonder if she's really self-conscious about her massive earlobes. Amy, come on the show. We love you.
0: Yeah, let's. The, your earlobes are lovely. You don't have they're to be. Yeah,
1: you don't have to be self conscious about your earlobes. Um, you're a beautiful woman. Don't take this the wrong way, but. Oh, uh, yeah. She's got two piercings just in the lobe.
0: <laughs> she's embracing it. I guess. I like that.
1: Yeah, she's got. She's got large earlobes. Got to hand it to her.
0: Now we know. Now, we'll, now we'll never be able to not notice. Yeah. All right. So that uh, the tattoo situation is, revol- is resolved, uh, Julie gets to keep it.
1: Uh, Tammy says you'll be one to remove that thing in about twenty years anyway. So yeah. I'll let you do. I'll let you do it on your own dime.
0: Yeah. Uh grandma's pissed at Ma Saracen again for screwing up the groceries.
1: Furious.
0: <laughs> like 2% so, milk, how dare you. Uh, I wonder which way she goes on that. Is she uh skim milk or whole milk?
1: I'll tell you this, I, I I'm interested in your take too. So we're not a milk household. We have a hard time making it through a half a gallon. Okay. Like in before it expires. Yep. There's like 3 food recipes that i have that like require milk uh-huh. so, like i don't drink milk <laughs> yeah um which is like it's just not something that i like crave uh-huh um yeah not we are not a milk household so um i don't even have a preference this i think is yeah this is two percent i like my parents always bought one percent yeah um
0: I have, I can't tell a difference. <laughs> I can't tell a difference. I'll drink whatever you got. Uh, I'd, we, I don't drink much milk. We have a lot of milk because we have three t- small children. Right. So yeah, we go absolutely. through a lot of milk. I drink a lot of milk growing up. Um, mm-hmm. There. Yeah, we always had like four gallons of milk in our fridge at any given time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: we, we growing up, we were a 2% family. So mm-hmm. that is my. That's like the most my, popular choice. That's my it preference. Seems like. Uh, we dipped down into one percent for a while. I went through a real whole milk kick for a long time, and actually, like all things—no, not all things considered—just uh, experience-wise, that is my favorite, favorite uh, mm-hmm. iteration of milk. But I usually,
1: up 100%. until I was, up until I was dieting. If um, I went to a coffee place and they were like, "What kind of milk would you do you want?" I would always just say whatever the least healthy option
0: is—just <laughs> straight cream. Give me that, actually, yeah, that's we'll actually just heavy cream.
1: Last weekend we went to Josiah's uh, coffee house and, um, I was like feeling a little like good about my weight, so I was uh-huh. like they asked me what kind of uh, milk do you want? And I was like, just give me the most un- unhealthy they want. And they're like, so heavy cream then. <laughs> and I was
2: like,
0: wow. <laughs> all right. So you don't care. I'd probably prefer 2%. Uh, okay. All things considered, but uh, grandma Saracen does not for sure. Does not want one. Per- want no. What'd she say? She doesn't want 2%. She doesn't want 2%. Yeah. Doesn't want 2%. Doesn't want grape jelly. No, uh that's downright offensive to her that grape jelly is in her house and they're a
1: strawberry family
0: (laughs) that's right they're a strawberry family Uh, but just where it all uh really comes to a head is that uh ma saracen forgot the vanilla cream cookies yes if young lady you ever (laughs) should decide to buy something that i might like to eat I like what does she say right here Uh, in this cupboard is where I is where I like to to keep them. She smacks the cupboard. So she's furious. Matt's kind of laughing in the background at the whole situation a little bit, but they, so Matt grandma storms off, Matt and his mom, uh, are then just kind of talking about the situation. And, um, she asked for permission to go to one of his games which I thought was weird. I, f- I don't, I feel yeah. like you just go to a football game just go. But anyway. But I, they have
1: a strained relationship. So yeah. it might, uh, it was might probably consider it. Yeah. Might get into his head if, if she's there without him, approving uh, it.
0: Yep. Um, he kind of tells her, uh, actually this week might not be the best. Fills her in on, kind of fills her in on his football career, like kind of his history. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to connect over, over that. It's kind of a nice uh, maybe a step towards mending the relationship. And Matt assures her that nobody actually likes grape jelly. So that is settled for the Saracens. You know what I wish I would have started doing? I ca- I keep thinking about this over the last couple of weeks. I wish when we first started the show, uh, that I would have kept like a character Bible or whatever they call it for all the Mm -hmm. characters where like anytime some little detail about Matt Saracen comes up, like prefer (laughs) strawberry jelly. Right. Yeah. You write it down and then you just have like a, you know, like a full character profile of everyone.
1: Yeah. That would have been fun.
0: Wish I would have done that, but maybe next time. Uh the last scene of the episode is just a little bit of practice, and Matt and Landry are standing on the sidelines like a couple of reject losers. Yeah. Um, looking pretty forlorn. (laughs) So neither one of them are very happy with their life situation right now.
1: They're in their minds, power ballads are blasting.
0: (laughs) Yes, crucifictorious is power bla uh power ballads. So that's the end of the episode. Uh, We'll be right back. We'll do some awards for the week. Okay. Let's get after it here. Coach Taylor had some hard decisions this week. Um, Were they inspiring? Uh, he also had some hard parenting situations this week. Was the way he handled it inspiring? What do you think?
1: Yeah, so I got to say, I don't know if inspiring is the word that I would choose to describe his handling of the coaching situation. I think it's kind of um, what his heart wants versus what he knows he needs to do to maintain his job. Yes. Um knowing that he's going to hurt a young man's feelings, but also knowing that like, Hey, in literally one year, this kid probably isn't going to like get an athletic scholarship anyway, and I'm going to need to continue my career. So I got to do what I can do to advance my career. Um, Yeah. Not necessarily inspirational, but it's, I think inspirational to an extent, the level of honesty that he reaches finally. Um, with Matt so I mean with the uh, the parenting thing I don't know I don't have a child I don't know how I would feel about my like 16 or 17 year old child coming home with the tattoo
2: uh-huh.
1: as a person with a tattoo I probably wouldn't be able to say much and would just be like you know you do you just remember that it's permanent <laughs> right to think about that um, so I don't know like I I'm given like a, a four.
0: All right. Well, to start off, I, I had in my brain, I was holding a three in my brain. Um, the reasoning being, I do not think his handling of the Matt situation was very good. It seemed like he kind of bailed on the situation after grandma got home. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's true. That's uh, true. I was thinking in the late, like the locker, the locker room, room. yeah, yeah. Which he he like was straightforward then, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it was inspiring. You basically was just exactly. like, this is the way it is. Yeah, uh, you can't quit. Don't do that. Um, and that was pretty much it. And then the parenting situation, I would not have been much better. I'm sure I would be the one saying, "What the hell were you thinking?" Mm-hmm. Uh, but not terribly inspiring way to <laughs> handle that either. Like he didn't make any like good or understanding points or anything after that. So that's why I had three
1: I'm good with three. I was originally thinking um strong three light four. So all right. I I got uh, optimistic with it, assuming I mean you're usually more uh gracious with um all sorts of our rankings so yes. I figured I would I try to play to your yep, yep. um but I'm I'm all right with a three, honestly. All right. Like Sounds a strong good. three.
0: Yep. All right. We've already expressed that we were pretty annoyed with Julie in the tattoo situation. Uh where would we put that on the HATO meter this week?
1: She's gotta be like a strong five or six.
0: Yeah. I was I was thinking six or seven, so I think six is the sweet spot, mm-hmm. but yeah, just really kind of boneheaded in that whole interaction. Yeah. And I'm not sure what she was trying to accomplish besides instigating and aggravating. Right.
1: Um, exactly. I think if you're a 16 or 17 year old and you somehow find a way to get a tattoo, I mean, I'll say this my mom put up with more than most moms probably do with just me being a. Head out of, like, you know, some sort of, I guess, lashing out. Uh, my own way of rebellion was just kind of being a a head in, in not necessarily like ways that like affected me in the long run negatively, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, just maybe made some dumb decisions along the way. And if I, I feel like if I had gotten a tattoo at that uh juncture, I think. I would have just covered it up like wherever it was. I would have just found a way to cover it up until Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't have to deal with this anymore. Like her being mad about it or whatever. Like I think about like my cousin, Rachel got a tattoo when she was like 16 or 17 and knew that like our great grandma would flip shit if she knew about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just like, and she like our great grandma lived with them for a couple of years after my great grandpa died. And like basically just waited until she died or at least until they moved out to like not, you know, like she picked her spots. And I think like, I think that that is such a like, even Julie Taylor knows that you can pick your spots. Like it's such a small tattoo in such a cover upable area. Like I know that girl owns several pairs of long
0: socks, (laughs) like just (laughs) wear long socks. Right well and my my thing is even more so that like if you're gonna let them see it don't have like the attitude of like what it's just a tattoo what it's not a big deal right what like be like you know okay i know you're gonna flip you know how this is gonna go yeah yeah, just yeah step lean into it then (laughs) like Mm -hmm. all right let's have it let's go Yep. you know so, yeah,
1: yeah, she does it in such a way that like it's almost like pro confrontational. Like she knows it's going to cause some shit, so she just like goes out of her way to make it as absolutely
0: confrontational and terrible as possible. The worst. <laughs> uh, big rig beer tally. You keep better track on this. I more had three. Than you. Wow, really? How do I not ever notice? I so just, I had
1: yeah. he had a beer while when he suggested that they flip the he was, house when he was laying on the couch yep. um suggested that they flip the house um he had a he was drinking when they um were deciding what to do with the house when they're having conflicting opinions Oh yeah I know there was a third one cuz I I marked it down I mark one down every time I see <laughs> uh, a beer in his hand it may have been when they were Maybe getting together, like, to decide. Oh, it was when Tim gives the, when the rats are going away from the sinking market uh-huh. speech to Billy. When oh, Billy's okay. eating the, the Cheetos.
0: Gotcha. All right. Three beers for Tim this week. Al Mofreese presents the Matt Saracen Aw oh, Goofus, Malufus moment of the week. Uh, I kind of feel like that. Last shot of Matt and Landry just kind of derping on mm-hmm. the sidelines. Like, oh life sucks. Um either that or them bumming
1: each other out in the car with power ballads playing.
0: Yeah, that's the pretty same energy. Absolutely. Buddy Garity sleaze ball move of the week.
1: Not um, selling not, to Tim. Yeah, not selling to just because Tim is on is one of is twenty-five percent of the contract. Yeah. Like he doesn't even know Herc, and he's not even like yeah, right.
0: Yeah, maybe also uh, the way that he talked to his real estate agent on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> we, we. I don't feel like we would ever talk to anyone uh, professionally like that. No, um, I can't imagine ever, <laughs> ever doing that. He was cussing her out. Notable music cues. What was that, dude? It was Matthew... Trying to find it. Come on. (laughs) Eyes Wider Than Before by Scott Matthews. Scott Matthews. All right. I might check that song out. Outdated pop culture reference of the week.
1: Um, it, like just the 2008 financial crisis, maybe like just like flip
0: <laughs> like the concept of flipping houses. I yeah. feel like is. Yep. I think that's that'll work. Uh Our quote of the episode. I think we we gotta include, uh, buddy slash Tim's. That's the uh, ex- that's the quote that I wrote down. Yeah, is
1: my choice of quote of the week is. It's when all the scared rats start running away from the sinking market that all the true entrepreneurs come in the true visionaries.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. That's, I mean, that's, that's the line that changes the, the episode and the whole trajectory of the whole clown car of idiots. So mm-hmm. we'll go with it. MVP of the episode. I don't know. <laughs> JD McCoy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, no. I was going to say Jason Street cuz he's moving forward, but he kind of took a big L with losing his kid. Yeah. Um
1: man, I don't know if we've got to uh and maybe like everybody makes poor decisions. Yes. I almost like said Billy Riggin's but he he no. Did the meeting with Guy.
0: Yes. That's bad. I feel like we got to name somebody. Maybe. Oh, Tammy Taylor. I guess. I felt like she kind of, I don't know. I I was going to say, I felt like she kind of overreacted with, we're going to have that thing removed immediately. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's that part's true. But I think, I think she, and yeah, once again, took a, aside from the tattoo removal thing and, She ended up coming back from the tattoo removal thing. So you can call that a wash. Yep. She came to her senses. Um, You had her basically telling Tyra like, Hey, you're dating a predator. (laughs) Right. So I think, yeah, I don't think there's anybody as consistent as,
0: as Tammy Taylor in this episode, frankly. Yep. I think that is the, the correct answer for this episode, not a strong showing. We we've had plenty of strong Tammy showings before, but mm. uh, I think she does. She edges out the competition in this one. Uh, yeah, episode, I mean, like you could say like oh, Herc, but like, you know, uh, he, uh, his pornos got thrown away. Right. So. Hey,
1: <laughs> you gotta be mad about that. You know?
0: Yeah. All right. So Tammy Taylor, you are this week's MVP of the episode. Episode rating for this week uh i think you mentioned that you liked this one a little more as we talked about it i felt like i didn't like it as much
1: right no exact same yeah i yeah. i think i mentioned at uh i mean i know i don't think it was on air okay, um, Yeah. that um that i thought that i liked this episode more but after talking about it, I, I don't think so. So I'm, I'm feeling like a, a mid to strong seven.
0: Seven. Yep. That's thing. what I thought too. Last episode was an eight. This was yep. not quite as good. So I think seven is a good call. All right. What do we learn from this episode? What are, what's, how are we going to take uh, the happenings in Dylan, apply them to our lives and come out better people on the other side?
1: If you're a young person, and you know that your parents are going to be mad about your tattoo and you absolutely feel the need to get a tattoo, get it in a place that you can hide it and hide it.
0: It's really not that hard.
1: It's really not.
0: No, there are. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole lot of places where, where you can put that, that they're just never going to see it. You know? My
1: tattoo is not in a, like a super hidden area. And I feel like I've had it for six years, or five and a half years now. If I hadn't posted about it on social media and gone out of my way to say something about it, I, my parents would never have done. Yeah. It. yeah.
0: No.
1: It's, I mean, granted, I don't live with them, but <laughs> like, I feel like even if I did, I could have hidden it for however, it for yeah. two years or whatever. So I think that's I think that's um, the lesson that I took from it. It's not even a lesson; it's the lesson that I would teach from it. It's not <laughs> yes. the lesson that I would take from it. It's a lesson that I myself would teach from it because just wear some long socks, Julie. Like and like I said, I think her character's intention was to let
0: yeah to provoke. Coach Tammy know. But yep. All right. Here's what I'm thinking. Uh, if someone on multiple occasions points a gun at you, do not set up a shady deal, black market type deal at a gravel pit to uh, exchange tens of thousands of dollars. Um, Especially if you bring along your hot-headed brother who Mm -hmm. Uh, is continually causing problems of this nature uh, with his temper. It is very likely that you will get shot at and the deal will go south and you will regret uh, regret this decision. So, If
1: you survive, you'll regret it.
0: If you survive, yes. So I think that's what I took from it. I think it's a good uh, one. I have sold copper wire before, as mentioned. There are reputable... Uh, places where you can unload copper wire. Now granted this was stolen copper wire so that probably has right. a lot to do with. The copper
1: wire that you had was stolen.
0: No. The copper wire <laughs> I stole no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, no I didn't steal copper wire. Oh my
0: gosh. It was on the up and up I swear. Uh, it was on our own property. Uh, boy. Um, No I think those are both very good lessons and we're going to be better people for it um so uh that's it for this week uh we will continue on with episode six next week yeah i don't know what are what's our what is our parting words of wisdom here
1: shout out to our listeners in the west indies love you please reach out
0: yeah if you haven't already uh we we'd really like to meet you can we, I mean, we I we have enough listeners now. I think can can we get some of you out there? We've tried to find Movie Dude One. Can you guys like get try uh yourselves and just look into See it? See what little you bit can do us? Yeah. See what you can do. We would really like to get in contact with him uh and and have him on the show or at least <laughs> uh ask some questions. Uh, if it's, you know, like a message based interaction, like a text based interaction, just to see how he writes, you know, a message, how many <laughs> comments he uses and what he puts <laughs> quotes around like, in everyday conversation. That would be great to see as well. So I don't even know what, if movie dude one talks like he writes, I don't even know what that <laughs> would be like, but I want to know. <laughs> so yeah,
1: Movie Dude 1 has got a fascinating style. So, I I'm sure he doesn't. There's no way he talks like that. I know
0: he doesn't. No. No, I like, can't. But well, there, hmm. there's only one way to find out. So, help us out with that. Please. I'm sure if you listen to this show regularly, you also would love to know. So, Yeah. Uh, if you
1: especially if you're a listener in Jamaica and you find <laughs> Movie Dude one
0: <laughs> oh man,
1: I don't know what we can come up for for you, but we will come up with something for you. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll, we'll like create, we don't have any merchandise, but we will create merchandise <laughs> just to send to you. So. All right. We repre- we appreciate all of you. Uh, even if you're not from the West Indies or you don't find us movie dude one, we just appreciate that you're listening. Uh, reach out on Twitter. At Reliving Lights, we would love to hear from you. Um, If you have thoughts about the show, thoughts about the episode, uh, thoughts about the ridiculous things that we say or opinions that we have, (laughs) uh, let us know what you feel about those. But that's it for this week. We will see you next week for another episode of Reliving the Lights.
2: Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.